0: It's not about what actually happened. It's about you getting this guy. And like Jessica said, the ends justify the means. They will throw anything against the wall to get Trump. They don't care about what it's gonna do in the next year or the next five years, the next hundred years. They're worried about getting Trump. And they don't have any awareness of how
1: hypocritical they look. arrogance of the left is they really believe that they are the majority, that this is what democracy looks like. But every time they lose a referendum, which is exactly what democracy is, they sue to stop it. All
2: right, folks, it is Wednesday. This is the Sean Spicer Show. We are just five days away from Christmas, but the Colorado Supreme Court, no, 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 they are not in the Christmas spirit. Very Grinch-like. They kicked Donald Trump off the primary ballot there in Colorado, citing the 14th Amendment, Section 3, which talks about being part of an insurrection, something that he has not been convicted of, that he has not had any due process of, Uh, something that the courts are questioning whether or not he has the ability to, because whether he is not an officer of the court or not, or of the United States, rather. So much to break down. We've got a great panel for you today. Grace Curley, the host of The Grace Curley Show, and a contributor at The Spectator, Derek Hunter, the col- a columnist at Town Hall and the host of The Derek Hunter Podcast. And then Jessica Anderson, who leads the Sentinel Action Super PAC, are all here to break it down. Let's go. All right, guys. Welcome in. Um, you know, just as I was getting in the Christmas spirit, the Colorado court decided to play Grinch um, I want to go around the horn and just start, Jessica. I, I can't believe... Well, let's do this. Before I go around the horn, the big thing that the Colorado court ruled on, which we've talked about endlessly on the show, is the 14th Amendment, Section 3. I want to read it for everyone so that we understand what we're talking about. It says, no person shall be a senator or representative in Congress." Or elector of president and vice president, or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States, or under any state who has previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States, key phrase there, or as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States, or as a member of any state legislature, or as an executive or judicial officer of any state, to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid and comfort to the enemies thereof, but Congress may by a vote of two-thirds of each house remove such disability." All right, so the just to make sure everyone who's listening is up to speed, the Colorado Supreme Court, after a lower court ruled that Trump could be taken off the ballot, a sub- appeals court said he couldn't, the Supreme Court by a four to three decision said he could. This is the primary ballot, just so everyone's clear. Not that that matters, but this was the way that they got it. The uh, the way that they started the ball down, rolled down the ball down the whatever mountain. Uh, Jessica, what what is your initial takeaway from this ruling?
3: Yeah, thanks, Sean. Um, I have kind of two thoughts this this morning after the dust has settled with all the knee jerk reactions yesterday. One is. I think this is not going to stand when it gets before the United States Supreme Court. I mean, this is clearly going to be appealed. um every almost every single other presidential candidate, I think, has actually come out and said that this is a sham decision. Um, it's clearly about political persecution. There was no trial. There was no um, you know, putting in front of the public or the electorate or voters. So, one, I think we just need to call a spade a spade, which is that this is likely an illegal maneuver uh, by the Colorado Supreme Court, which will not stand upon appeal when it ultimately heads to the U.S. Supreme Court. Grace Curley, what do you think? Of, Go ahead. Finish up. I'm sorry. Well, I would just say that the second thing, like I'm not a lawyer, so put the legal stuff aside. I think the more interesting conversation is, is this going to work?
2: Right. I mean, and so we can get to that. Court. Yeah, I think I want to I I delve into this a little, but Grace
0: Carly your initial thoughts? I, see, I always think about how it's going to play as far as the public perception goes. And because, you know, I, I'm not a legal legal either. So I I tend to think, I, I'm just trying to figure out what the goal is. Like, because clearly this is a, a matter of people who hate Trump. They, they want to keep him off the ballot. I don't think they're going to keep him off the ballot. So then my mind goes to, are you trying to help him? Because that's what it seems like it's going to do to me. It seems but like- But I
2: think they, they, well, again, I don't want to jump in yet, but I think the problem is, is that Colorado got the ball rolling, as I said, so inarticably, but Michigan could be next, and that's a state that counts. Right.
0: Yeah, it's definitely concerning. I just, I don't I don't think it's going to stand. I, I don't think that it's, it's actually going to work. And then my question is, is this just going to guarantee that, because I've I've read polls at this point that show it's going to help Trump, right? Overall, and so then that makes me think, what's what's the end game here? Like it's just I I, I don't know.
1: It's,
2: I don't know that they think Derek Derek Hunter. What do you think? Because I don't know that that's ever they, they don't think that far. They think it's going to work.
1: No, I I think this. I think they do think this is. They're thinking far ahead. They know this isn't going to be. Uh, this isn't going to stand. This is the Supreme Court that has have been overturned every case involving Masterpiece Cakes that has been brought before them. These are the people who ruled against Masterpiece Cakes. Supreme Court said, nope, take another bite at the apple. They said, still we stand with uh, whatever group's trying to force Masterpiece Cakes to wear." And they that were was the baker that down. didn't want to bake the cake, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. And they've been going after him on trans issues and gender and all. They've Every time they've lost, they've been overturned. So I wouldn't put much past that. This is precedent setting. This is breaking the seal so that when they do go to another state, that does matter, like Michigan, because Trump lost Colorado by what, 14 points? It was never yep. in play. It's about setting a precedent so that they can go to another state and say, here's the precedent, rule on this accordingly to try and keep Trump off the ballot, which they know ultimately is going to be overturned by the Supreme Court. But ultimately, the three layers of 4D chess here is this is trying to get into the minds of the independent voters. While Grace is right that this will rally Republicans around Donald Trump, and maybe they want Donald Trump to be the nominee, a certain segment of the population that doesn't follow politics will look at this and go, this guy is getting all sorts of legal problems and and all criminal allegations and insurrection and et cetera, et cetera. And they don't pay attention, so it's going to solidify them against Trump. And they're playing this for the general election. They can't crop up Joe Biden and drag him and weekend and Bernie him across the finish line just on their own. They have to also take out whoever the Republican is. Right now, it looks like it's going to be Trump. And so they're, they're plotting this to plant seeds in people's minds that he is somehow corrupt, that he is somehow dangerous to be president of the United States.
2: All right, guys, let me ask you a question. Are you tired of testosterone boosting products that don't work? I get it. I don't blame you. That's why our sponsor Nugenics Total Tea has an idea for you. Why don't you try it before you buy it? What a great idea. If you text 231 231 and enter the word Spicer, you will get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. Uh, it's got testafin in it which will help you turn back the clock and become that old you, that younger you, the vibrant you that you remember that guy. Well, that's what it'll help you do. Uh, And if it works for you, great, keep going. If it doesn't, you lost nothing. You get a complimentary bottle by texting 231-231, entering keyword SPICER. You're gonna get back that energy that muscle, that drive, that passion that you used to have. And remember, this is the number one doctor-recommended brand, and the number one selling testosterone booster product at both GNC and at Walmart. They're on to something, right? People know what's happening here. But because you watch the show, you can get that complimentary bottle by texting 231-231. Enter code word spice And if you do this right now, you get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea Uh, as well as the Nugenics Thermo X. Now, this is their newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever. It's got key ingredients to help get rid of that stubborn fat. And you know what I'm talking about. This is New Year's week. We've had been eating a lot of stuff. You need to get to this, right? Uh, So if you do that, you get both of these right now. Uh, This complimentary bottle, text 231-231, enter keyword SPICER. Now, remember, Uh, Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is the number one doctor-recommended brand by primary care physicians based on an independent survey conducted by IQVIA 2022. You know, the thing that's so interesting, Jessica, to to Derek's point, when you look at the polls, remember we talk so often about the influence that Hunter Biden's laptop would have had. When you talk Hmm. to people about what effect a Trump conviction would have? There are a certain amount of Republicans, not just independents, to Derek's point, that say, I, you know, I'd vote for Trump, but if I knew he was convicted or if I knew he couldn't, I wouldn't, right? They don't want to waste their vote. Right. And that's to to the point of that Grace brought up. What are they going for? I think Derek's onto something to some degree. That that they might be just saying, good, let's let's make people think, hey, do I really want to waste my vote on this guy? Do I want to go out and help him? Do I want to dial it back now? Because This is part of the plan that, you know, I can't help but think 2016, it was the Russia hoax. 2020, Mm -hmm. it was suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop. And I've kept saying, what's next? This is next.
3: Yeah. And this is also putting the Supreme Court back into politics, right? This is now take what, what Derek is saying a step further, which is now the left has yet another rallying cry that they can use to show that the Supreme Court is full of conservatives that Trump packed. And their rallying cry for pack the court, we need more Dems on the court, abolish the Supreme Court. You know, they've gone so extreme. Now they've got another tangible and timely example that they can use for their base while at the same time splitting those leaners, right? The leaners that are leaning against Trump, they see chaos, they see a temperament problem, they see that, you know, the legal follows just follow him everywhere. He can't focus. So they pull against him. That's how, that's the Nikki strategy uh, that she's been using from the beginning, right? And then those of us that are on the base side, we see this and we say, this is a two-tier justice system yet again. Trump is the only one that can go in and bust this open uh, in a real way. And so I think it actually is going to end up creating three different lanes. The far left that can then use the Supreme Court as a rallying cry to pack the court yet again, right? They've done this before. And it, they'll put abortion back in there as well, and then the split up of of the leaners within the GOP.
2: I, I just the thing, Grace Curley, that I find fascinating is where, where this thing. I, I think we're all in agreement, right, that this thing's going to head to the Supreme Court. There's no question about it. The Trump campaign has asked already that the court take it up. Even the people who supported it believe that the court will take it up. But once the court rules. I mean, that's the gamble here: is that if you're the left, you've put all your marbles on this, and once the court rules, then Trump gets the political potential upside, and then the cover of the court. Grace Curley. I mean, and and this gets back to what you were asking initially: what do they get? Because in the meantime, yes, it's chaos. Um, Now there is a potential. I, I, I was thinking, you know, when this court case came out, we're all sort of in agreement. Everyone that I hear says the Supreme Court's going to take this up, and it's likely Mm -hmm. that this happens. But I remember back in the day. I was a believer when Congress passed campaign finance reform, there was no way that the court would hold it constitutional. I thought that there it, just, it wasn't going to happen. And sure enough, the court upheld it. And there is a chance yeah. that the court does something that we're not seeing right now and says, well, we're going to let this stand or whatever. I mean, I agree. I saw, um, what's his name? Ty Cobb, who used to be Trump's attorney. He's no big fan of Trump anymore yesterday. Come out and say he thinks this could be a 9-0 decision in Trump's favor, I hope it is. But I mean, Grace, I know we're all not court watchers here, but what do you think the court says?
0: So this is the thing, is that I I do tend to go to I hate to admit this, but I go to a lot of outlets and I read what a lot of people are saying because I'm I'm watching this thing and I'm going, oh, is this something that we we shouldn't be worried about at all? Like it's definitely gonna not stand and the Supreme Court's gonna laugh it, laugh it out of the room but we've never had this before. Like Derek right. said, this is yes. unprecedented. So there's always a chance. It's like when you're having a wedding and you say, well, we can invite the relatives from Ireland. There's no chance they're gonna show up. It's like, well, there's, you gotta kind of play the game as if they're coming because you never, there's always a- Did they come Grace? Is that
1: what you're getting at? They came, didn't <laughs> <Yes>. they? <laughs> exactly.
0: They got drunk
1: too, didn't they?
0: And we and we, lo- we loved having them. Um, but this is this is something that I was just thinking of. So Derek's talking about the independence, right? And. I think that whoever is going to win this election, it's going to be who can get into the minds and think about it right now. Like this is the most difficult time to get into the mind of an independent if you're not an independent. Like Jessica was talking about the different lanes it could be in. So if you're a Trump supporter or if you're a Biden supporter and you're trying to understand what the independents are gonna think. Like Derek said, oh, they're gonna see this and they're gonna go, eh, he's a little, it's a little muddy there. I don't really want to go with him. He's got all this stuff looming around. That could be the case. Or they could look at this and go, I don't like the guy, but this is out of control. But it's a gamble either way. Both sides are trying to figure out how this stuff is gonna play with the independents who they can't understand at all. They can't get in their heads at all. And they're gonna take a gamble and say, What's going to get these people on our side? And whoever can do it is going to win. All
2: right, guys, most of us know what it's like to be without power, sometimes for an hour, maybe a day, a couple days after a natural disaster, a hurricane, a windstorm, you know, whatever. But now national security experts are warning that our power grid is more vulnerable than ever. And they've identified nine key substations, which if attacked, they're saying we could lose power for months, months. That's why having your own solar power is more important than ever. So I recommend the Patriot Power Generator, which is a solar generator that you don't have to install in your house. It's portable; you can take it with you. You can use it inside your house, and it's powerful enough that if power goes out, we're talking your phones, your tablets, your computers, medical devices, even your refrigerator gets power. So if you go to fourpatriots.com and use code Spicer, you get ten percent off your first purchase. It's four patriots.com includes that patriot power generator you'll get a uh, that guarantee for a year free shipping if it's over 97 bucks and a portion of every sale is donated to charities that support veterans right that's great so go to fourpatriots.com use code spicer patriots.com. you do not want to be without power in case something happens let me let me go around the horn real quick before i get back to you Derek cuz i have a th- I have a question i want to ask you this we keep talking about the independence whatever in the next week between Christmas New Year's and everything in between people will be gathering if you are gathering yourselves to some degree family friends whatever in the next seven days do you think that this is going to be a topic of conversation Derek no okay uh Jessica
3: yes yeah <laughs> I mean I'll probably bring it up <laughs> how about you Grace <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> right. I There's no yeah. way. I'm already
2: thinking to myself, okay, here's the weekend. I'm going to be the guy on defense. Trump got kicked off. He probably deserves. I mean, you know, that's what happens uh, in big families. You got plenty of people. And I think a lot of them are going to say he deserves. But so Derek, let me pick this up with you. One of the strongest arguments that I've had, I've had Alan Dershowitz on the show a bunch. We've talked to Mike Davis about this really smart lawyers. And there's two provisions of that section three that I read out that I think are interesting. One is it talks about a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States uh, who this applies to. The court, this isn't my interpretation, the court has held in previous cases, in terms of their precedent, that the president of the United States is not an officer of the court. Now, we can debate whether or not that makes sense or not, but the bottom line is there's court precedent that says the president is not an officer of the United States. That's number one. Number two is it says, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid and comfort. Now, this whole provision was put in place after the after the Civil War, right? And, and the bottom line is Trump has not been convicted of any crime, We're nevertheless, in, insurrection, right? And neither has anyone in the entire United States. And so if I'm having this discussion during the next seven to 10 days, to me, the easy thing is just to say, hey, wait a second. How is this fair that somebody who the statute is not made for, the statute, he's never been, he, he hasn't been convicted of anything, it's somehow going to be removed from that?
1: Well, first of all, I want the statute to apply to somebody who wants to be president of the United States or who who is president of the United States. I want it to apply to anybody who makes a move against the United States government. Right, okay, fair enough. What happened on January 6th was not a move against the United States government, but I would point out that this has been going on. The the left is evil. They're not stupid. On January 6th, they were calling this an insurrection, a word that I bet if you search the transcripts for cable news for the previous 10 years was used less than a half dozen times. They use this word expressly because it is used in this clause of the 14th Amendment for this very purpose. They don't do things by accident. They don't stumble into things and just discover, oh my goodness, this is new. Look at what we found. They are very meticulous and they play the long game. So in that sense, I don't, look if somebody who's a president of the United States and then leads an actual coup to hold on to power this is, it clearly applies to them. The founding fathers couldn't envision where we are today with a lot of the amendments that they put in there. And after the Civil War, the the members of Congress and government then could not envision a scenario that we find ourselves in now. They wrote in broad strokes. They used precise language that ultimately, in very specific cases, becomes imprecise. But I can't imagine that the president would be exempt from these sorts of things because that would be insane. They just couldn't envision a scenario for it. Um, So I suppose if you want to get off on a technicality, you can get off on a technicality. But honestly, I don't want it to get off on a technicality. If Joe Biden refuses to leave, if he loses next November, I want him to, and Kamala Harris and everybody involved in his administration, if they were to, hypothetically, paranoia, not getting no black helicopter here, but I want them forbidden from ever seeking public office again, what they're trying to do now. So I think that- I don't think you're going to have a problem with Biden though, just for what it's worth. (laughs) No, they just tell him there's a golden girls, you know, marathon on (laughs) Nick at night, and he'll go running off to the bedroom. Jessica,
2: here's the interesting thing. It was a four to three decision. The, all of the, all of the justices, all seven were Democrat appointees, right? Which is what I thought was fascinating to me because- I thought it would be like 7-0 or, or, you know, mm-hmm. um, or 6-1 or something, but it was 4-3. And the dissent was led by a justice named Carlos Samor, um, who again is a Democrat. And this is what he said, our government cannot deprive someone of the right to hold public office without due mm-hmm. process of law. And that the decision risks chaos in our country. It's interesting because that's getting at the point that I made to Derek. In section three, it says that has engaged in this. He has not been convicted of anything. We have a system of due process. And, and this is where I think Democrats, I get the short term, and this is what Grace was kind of, I think, getting at, but they're, they're a short term girl. Hey, get them off the ballot. Let's win the election. Yeah, Long term, this is detrimental. The idea that you can just charge somebody ad nauseum with a crime that they haven't been convicted and say, we're going to remove you from all of this seems kind of nuts.
3: Yeah, but Sean, they don't care, right? You're, you're thinking like a <laughs> You think a it's rational... just like, hey, let's
2: get, it, let's get by this election. It's like, hey, COVID, we'll get through this no, election, it... and then we'll come up with another excuse.
3: It's a step further from that. You're thinking like a rational constitutionalist <laughs> who believes that the United States Constitution is still the law of the land. They are operating in a post-constitutional framework. So they will use every single tool at their disposal to enact their policy and political agenda, irregardless of the law. Irregardless of precedent, they don't care, right? They they flat out don't care. So, yes, all these things are true from a from a what does this mean short term long term standpoint. But if you are a if you are George Soros and you are watching this, you're like, good, good, <laughs> yeah. like let's can keep I just, doing this. Can Who I just cares? point out that this
1: is exactly how the left functions on everything like guns? They're everything not interested they in do. punishing the person who committed the crime using the illegal firearm, they want to punish everybody who actually follows the law. They don't really, they have an agenda and they're not about to let the facts or reality stand in their way.
2: That's true. Grace, the thing that I find so funny is the New York Times, NBC News, The Washington Post and all these nutjobs in their fellow little leftist world have been talking about democracy. It dies in darkness. It's under attack. It's under siege. It may only exist for another six minutes. And yet, here you have a, a court removing a presidential candidate from the ballot for the first time in history, the leading candidate of a, party's, of a party who is leading their current incumbent Democrat who's seeking re-election. And yet no outcry from anyone about democracy. And this gets back to to that justice that made the dissent. Where's the due process? But more importantly, where's the outcry about democracy? All of these guys have been hugging democracy. Like it's, it's, it's under attack and it must be saved. And yet this, at the core of any democracy, is the right of a free people to vote. And here we have them being denied the right to vote and it's on the heels of them taking Biden and saying in Florida there's no primary we're just going to get rid of it decision made for you i cannot believe the lack of outcry about democracy
0: yeah. when these mm-hmm. two
2: actions have been taken
0: and it's a it's a lack of self awareness but you see it everywhere i mean i just got a text from someone today who said the people who keep calling trump hitler now their 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 major fan base their major voting block is out with signs saying hitler was right and like Nazi you know, swastikas and and they, and that's totally lost on them, the, the hypocrisy of it. But you know what else I think kind of plays into this is the fact that, so sometimes we get so caught up in the in the Trump drama that at least for me, I almost lose the plot where I'm like, what's this one about again? Is this the <laughs> phone call? Is this the, there are so many things that they freaked out about. And then I have to remember, oh, this yeah. is the insurrection. And the longer we go from the insurrection, I remember that week as we all do, but it was happened to me my first week on the radio. And I remember, you know, friends texting me like, do you condemn this? Do you, you know, it was, it was such a, and it was, I don't think it was a good look for conservatives. I don't, I don't condone what happened, but with that being said, the further out we get, we've got sex tapes being made in, you know, hearing rooms. We've got uh, people. Oh, So you're
2: against that.
0: But there's just all these things where I'm going, the further out we get, I don't want to say the insurrection pales in comparison, but it does kind of put it in perspective where you go, wait, hold on a second. So you have people pulling fire alarms, you have people, you know, uh, c- coming into the Capitol, screaming, being arrested, and we're not getting, you have, you have these, these protests, if you, peace, mostly peaceful protests going on. Right. And you don't get any of the outrage. So it kind of goes back to what you're saying, Sean. It's like, it's hard to take these people seriously when when you have all of this experience since January 6th where they were quiet. Nobody said anything. So it's like, it's not about what actually happened. It's about you getting this guy. And like Jessica said, the ends justify the means. They will throw anything against the wall to get Trump. They don't care about what it's going to do in the next year, or the next five years, or the next 100 years. They're worried about yeah. getting Trump. And they right. don't have any awareness of how hypocritical they look.
1: Well, look, I've always said can that can Democrats- Can I just say, say something really quickly, Sean? Oh, of course you can. First of all, there have been a lot of Kennedys in the Congress. So every square inch of that complex has been defiled. <laughs> uh, secondly, the the idea that these people think things through is absurd. Uh, well, they do think things through, but they don't think things long-term and how they'll bounce back on them. These are people, if you look back in the media, back to Ronald Reagan and 1976, when Gerald Ford lost to Jimmy Carter, there were op-eds and editorials about how this is it, Republicans need to change, or they're going to be relegated to a party of you know the rural areas and nobody's gonna vote, they'll never hold power again. And then when Bill Clinton won those same editor, after 12 years of Republicans, the same editorials came out. And then when Barack Obama won, the Republicans are being relegated to irrelevancy. And the arrogance of the left is they really believe that they are the majority, that this is what democracy looks like. But every time they lose a referendum, which is exactly what democracy is, they sue to stop it. But then they don't think long-term it is coming back to them because they believe that they are the majority because they live in such an insulated world. That you can go back to Harry Reid removing the filibuster for everything but the Supreme Court. And you have Mitch McConnell, you have Republican after Republican saying, don't, no, you can do this, but you're, it's going to bite you in the butt one day. And because, you know, turn about is fair play. They thought they would be a permanent majority forever, that they would never have to live under the rules that they changed. And now, thank God they did it because we have three Supreme Court justices up there. But it, you have to realize the mindset of these people is they can do no wrong. Nobody ever opposes them and they'll never have to deal with the consequences of what they put out into the world because they are somehow miraculously above it all. All right, folks,
2: uh, we've probably all spent a ton of money this Christmas holiday season on gifts for folks. As you make a New Year's resolution, think about your financial future, diversifying your investments. Uh, I do as well. I've thought about it. I've put money in Bishop Gold. They are a a group that I have gotten to know. I've talked to them about my financial situation, how precious metals can be part of it. Uh, I trust them. I've gotten to know them. Integrity is a part and a way of doing business for Bishop Gold Group. Uh, and I would recommend that you sit down and talk to them, whether it's an IRA that you're looking to roll over, uh, a, a diversification of all your accounts, precious metals can be part of that. And when I did it, I got on the phone with them, I explained my situation, what I'm looking to do. And they talked about, well, we'll do a little here. We'll do a little here. What's your timeline on this? It was a great conversation. And it was a way for me to think about my financial future and hopefully independence (laughs) going forward. So I suggest if you want, give them a call 844-984-1616 or go to bishopgoldgroup.com slash Sean uh, for a special promotion to start your journey uh, with precious metals to financial freedom. Again, bishopgoldgroup.com slash Sean. uh, Talk to them about your circumstances, your needs, and trust me, you won't regret it. I use them. I suggest you do as well. Bishopgoldgroup.com slash yeah, I'd say two oh. things. One, as I was mentioning, there's always this sense of as long as we're in pursuit of what we deem on the left as the greater good, we're okay. Uh, there are no consequences. There are no problems with it. And this is why I've said before, I don't want to get out of a rabbit hole on this, but like they want to make DC a state. They They want to are in pursuit of absolute permanent power and we need to understand that. But Jessica, I want to pick up on something that, that they both alluded to. You know, when I was at the RNC, I would get a call and it'd be like, hey, um, I'd get, you know, hey, this is so-and-so from the Washington Post. Uh, Timmy, who's the treasurer of the student council at Thomas Jefferson Middle School, said the following and drew this picture, what's the RNC's response to it? And I'd be like, wow, this is insane. <laughs> and and then I would ask, by the way, when something happened, I'd call my colleagues at the Democrat, the DNC, and say, by the way, did you ever get a call about how, you know, your majority leader of such and such did the father of the like, No, why? Oh, I see. I guess you don't get those calls. <laughs> but whether it's this instance that happened with the the staffer in uh, in in the Senate hearing room, uh, the Hamas protests, the uh, the discertifying, pulling Trump off the ballot, the left never has to answer for their actions. Never. I mean, that's kind of what Derek is going to and what Grace alluded to, but like they don't ever have to answer for it. It's never, hey, is this okay? What do you think of this? As soon as Ben Pardon, and I know everyone thinks I'm nitpicking on this when he put mm. out a statement. About the staffer. He said he is no longer employed by the United States Senate. And I know this sounds so petty and nitpicky. He was never employed by the U.S. Senate. He wasn't like a, a, a clerical worker in the Senate payroll office. He worked for you, Ben Cardin. You had to fire him. You had to hire him. You had to deal with him. And he wanted to make sure that he made it clear that, oh, this, he was, he was no longer employed by the United States Senate because they don't have to be accountable for any of this stuff.
3: Yeah, well, when the establishment media, when establishment political operatives, and when the entire controlled apparatus uh, that communicates to the American people is completely run by the left, why would they ask the hard questions, Sean? Why would they hold (laughs) any of their darlings accountable? And I I agree with you, there's no short-term vindication, but I do think that there is something real and tangible and beautiful happening in our country, which is that over the last decade, grassroots activists and voters, common sense voters, both sides of the aisle, look at the support for RFK, right? Common sense voters on every side of the aisle are realizing that this cannot stand. And so yeah. while they may not pay for their actions in the media or from a comms standpoint, the chance to hold them accountable is ultimately at the ballot box. Can well, well, we I mean, call
1: it I mean, the effect? Be- because if you remember in 2012, when Todd Akin said something incredibly stupid, Mitt Romney must have been asked 300,000 times. Every time he was wheels down somewhere, they were asking him, do you you repute it? Should he drop out? Should he do this? Well, they're asking him about Trump all week this week too. Every Republican is responsible for anything any Republican Mm -hmm. says. There is no Democrat is responsible for even the things they say.
2: Correct, and that's that's the thing. Everyone is, is have to weigh in right now on Trump's comments, no matter what he says, it's, do you denounce this? And that's the beautiful part about it is it starts from a place of, do you denounce this and condemn the following? Right,
3: right. Right. So then the the very premise of the question sets whoever's answering it up for failure, because you then look, you know, you look like a crazy person, you look xenophobic, you look homophobic, you don't look like you care about America, just because they asked the question the wrong way, instead of having a common sense approach that, that then looks at the facts. And we're just, We are so past that as a modern society and it's just, it's not gonna change until conservatives are in power and then when conservatives actually use the power to change things exactly, then and that's, it will change.
2: That's the that's the nut of this, Grace. You know, we talk about why they're doing this. So let me kind of segue into the next subject that I wanted to bring up because I believe, and I've said this all along, that part of the reason that they don't care about the border is that they ultimately believe that this is the next generation of voters. They come into this country, they give them their cell phone and their hotel room and their their. Uh, elite status at the hotel and probably a club membership. And then they give them DACA and then they give them citizenship and the right to vote. That's what I believe is happening. And I can't, in the last couple of days, I cannot believe what's going down in Texas and Arizona at the border. There is literally train, commercial train uh, traffic with goods and, I mean, all sorts of, you know, Christmas stuff and holiday stuff and essential goods or whatever. I mean, massive trains are stopped because they want to keep the pass open to allow these illegal folks to cross the border humanely at Eagle Pass and Laredo and other places. This is getting insane. We are seeing the highest number of, of crossings in history. At one border crossing in Eagle Pass, I was told there were five, six thousand, and twenty 20 border agents there. I mean, that, those numbers just don't even make sense. Um, I, I feel like we have taken this argument threadbare. If you're a Democrat, there's not I mean, you have to just admit you are are supporting an open border,
0: yeah, and this kind of goes back to uh, what Derek was saying before about the not thinking long term. I mean, you think about this, it always amazed me that Democrats couldn't understand that someday this was going to be their problem. Like they were totally fine with this when they thought it's a border town in Texas. It's a border town in Arizona. It's never going to show up here. And one thing that I stand corrected on is when DeSantis and and Abbott started sending illegal aliens on buses and planes to all of these uh, blue cities, I thought, ah, it's it's kind of performative. It's not really going to do anything. And hot damn, I was wrong. I was like, I've been so impressed by that because you're seeing now these mayors who are freaking out about it and being like, we can't handle this. We don't have the infrastructure. We can't, we're not built for this. And I'm like, you really never thought like that's how short-sighted you guys. You know,
2: what, this goes back to your wedding analogy. It's like, you know, all these people said you invited them, you did. All of these Democratic <laughs> mayors and governors said we're sanctuary states and cities and you invited them to your wedding and they came.
0: Exactly. And you know what, Sean, you said um, your, your point about the voters and bringing people in. I get that to a degree, but I also think there's something else here at play here. And I think it goes back to, Democrats really love to believe that they are better people, like that they have the moral high ground and that they're more humane. When Joe Biden came into office, it was all about how he was very humane. He was very decent. And they like to think that, you know, our words, our virtue signaling, that means the most. I can virtue signal about how I would allow illegal aliens into into my neighborhood. And they never thought they were going to be taken up on it. And they love to have the moral high ground until it comes at a cost. So I don't know if it's all about getting voters. I think part of it is feeling more virtuous than Republicans and feeling like we're better people.
2: Yeah, that might have something to do with Derek Hunter. The funny thing is, New York. I mean, Grace brought up these, these people who are now regretting it. You've got New York City Mayor Eric Adams saying, quote, this is the federal government has not is not doing its job. And it's like, dude, you invited them. What do you mean? It's
1: not doing their job like that's you. Well, you've got the governor of Arizona, Katie Hobbs, saying that the federal government right. isn't doing their job. But it, it is amazing when you know they can no longer deny it, a liberal will eventually admit the truth, but I do get a kick out of what Grace was saying that a city of 8 million people like New York can't handle 10,000 people. They're overwhelmed, they're overwhelmed. El Paso is you know half a borough, and they're supposed to be able to handle everybody marching through there. Look, it's their party, they invited the conga line, they're, they decided to play Red Rover with the rest of the world. It only makes sense that they should deal with the consequences of it. And it was a brilliant move by DeSantis and by, by Governor Abbott to send these people up there to give these Democrats, not to, to overwhelm them, but to give them an opportunity to show the rest of the country, especially those evil red border towns, how compassion really works. And within two weeks, the wheels came off when there were just a few thousand of these illegal aliens. And now they're you know kicking veterans out of homeless shelters, to give you know, room at the Ritz to these illegal aliens. And America, the American people are noticing this. It was all well and good when people were coming in under the radar. They were being employed as janitors and by gardeners by the elite donor class of the left. But now that they're setting up tents on their front lawns, it's a completely different world. It's a, not in my backyard or my front yard or near where I buy my jewelry sort of situation. And the left is freaking out. And you've got when you've got Frankenstein, John Fetterman, coming out and talking about the need for border security all the way up in Pennsylvania, you know that the ripples of the left wing policies have reached blue collar America.
2: Yeah, I do wonder how much jewelry you buy, though. That's interesting that you brought that part up. Lots, um, lots of it. Lots of it. Great. Mostly so toe rings. <laughs> the uh, Grace, the th- thing that I thought was interesting is Governor Tech of Texas, Greg Abbott, who we just mentioned, not only bust people around, he just signed this new law into effect that basically is going to make people illegal if they cross into Texas and then give Texas law enforcement the ability to send them back. What's the first thing that happens? All these people who talk about securing the border and caring for it sued them. And the federal government says they might. Corinne Jean Pierre, who I'm sure has a ton of experience on this. Um, put one sentence together and said that this is not going to have any effect. And I'm like, I don't really know that she knows much about this or the effect it would have on Texas. She's not been to the border with Biden. We know that because he hasn't been. But it's amazing that like when someone actually tries to do something in the sense of Governor Abbott and get his police force to address this because his people, his businesses, his neighborhoods, his cities are all dealing with this, what's their reaction? Well, we're going to go after him. We're going to sue him. And again, this gets back to this idea that you can't tell me that you really care about this. You do want to secure the border. If your immediate reaction is somebody who does, is we're going to sue them.
0: Yeah. And Ducey tried to do this in Arizona um, when he was governor. He, he tried to put these like containers, like these shipment containers in to block to, yeah. to block off the fence. And the Biden administration, like you said, Sean, quiet on everything. They can't come up with anything when it comes to the border. They're big on like, well, Congress needs to act. We put together a comprehensive immigration policy. Congress needs to act. We need money. We can't do anything. Our hands are tied. And then the the shipping containers come in and within seconds, they're like, oh no no this is against the law this is we're going to sue you you're hurting animals that are trying to you know br- like whatever like they come up with all these excuses and you're right anytime someone actually tries to do something and also if you think about the money we sent to ukraine right and republicans say listen we're going to send all this money to ukraine we need to put in some money for our border and then pramila jayapal says that there's going to be huge backlash from democrats If they try to do that, Nancy Pelosi says, well, if anyone dies in Ukraine, anyone's raped, it's on Republicans hands sitting here going. So in other words, when you all play smart and you try to stuff your agenda into things, that's fine. You stuff as much pork in as you want. When Republicans start to go, we can't be doing this anymore. Something's got to give then rape and murders are somehow on our hands it's it's crazy
2: yeah, but, but, and of course the rape and murder of people the overdoses that occur through fentanyl the number of people on the terrorist watch list that come in through the open border that you're' we're, you're they don't they don't own that right mm-hmm. that's the thing that's so interesting of it's the argument only runs one way and this gets back to that point of
1: how they view themselves and the media views it Absolutely. Yeah. It's Remember Kate Steinle? Remember Kate Steinle? Nobody was responsible for that. The Mm -hmm. Democrats refuse to enforce the laws. Then Republicans try to enforce the law and the Democrats say it's against the law for you to enforce the law (laughs) while they're not enforcing the law. And they always say we need comprehensive, comprehensive. No, if you have a brand new car and you just start open up the hood and start pulling wires, it's not going to work. The immigration system isn't broken. The people implementing and enforcing it, are because they're refusing to enforce key provisions in it, most notably the deportation aspect of it. Right. Before we wrap up, um, Jessica Anderson, you
2: guys, I know you've been at Heritage for years. You always do a great job of monitoring Congress, putting out policy, giving a blueprint. I had Steve Bannon on the show. He talks about how they keep a copy of of the 2025 project. Great work coming out of Heritage. I I thought you'd be a great person to ask about this. There's this story in Axios. Let Let me read it to you. It says, the 118th Congress is on track To be one of the most unproductive in modern history with just a couple dozen laws on the books at the close of 2023, the big picture. Just 20 bills have been passed by both chambers and signed into law with another four currently awaiting Biden's signature. 2023 also marks the low point in a year-long trend towards gridlock, five of the six most unproductive years since Congress has had since 2011. Now, my view as a conservative is that's great, I don't want Congress to be doing a ton of stuff. I think the less they do, the better.
3: Yeah, I I think it's hilarious that Axios ran that piece because it's like, this doesn't mean what you think it does. (laughs) By definition, definition, from a conservative, common sense perspective, if Joe Biden is signing a bill, it is bad for America. (laughs) So, you know, all of this arm-wringing that we need to have bipartisan consensus is just... So devoid of the reality of what the American people want. This is right. we have a divided government. The House is led by a very small majority in from Republicans, led by a great speaker, Mike Johnson, by the way, who's going to do awesome things next year. He's been on the job for less than 60 days. Like, give him time to lead. But he is only going to be able to go so far because you have a Democrat-controlled Senate. So why would we want to compromise? with a Democrat-controlled Senate. Why would we want to send something to Joe Biden's desk? That will only erode our freedoms, our faith, our liberties even further. So gridlock sounds great. Yeah, Let's I go. know. But I
2: said that the thing that to your point that I thought was so great is that it just shows the media's view is if Washington is not doing stuff, if it's not spending, if it's not involved in our business and creating more government, then it's therefore unproductive. And that's the key thing. It just, again, sometimes they forget that they're saying the quiet part out loud. They could have just put that article, but they keep using the word unproductive, hasn't done much. but Because in their minds, that's productive is spending money and growing Washington. Um, guys, we've got one day before we head into the Christmas weekend. I wish you all the best. If I don't see you before New Year's, have a merry or a happy, safe, blessed New Year's. Uh, I look forward to seeing you all back here in 2024. To all of you, we'll be back here tomorrow with a great show. Actually, we've got two more days. I keep getting my numbers wrong. I'm getting excited, way too excited for Christmas weekend. Um, so thank you for tuning in. Please continue to subscribe. Press that notification button. Go over to Apple and to Spotify. Hit that five-star review. We'll see you back here tomorrow on The Sean Spicer Show.